escape to the metaverse. But act like you know, yeah. You are now tuned into the Matthew and Rizzo show, yeah. Uh, escape to the metaverse. Better act like you know, yeah. You are now tuned into the Matthew and Rizzo show, yeah. Hey everyone, before we begin this week's episode of the Matthew and Rizzle Show, I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Proof of Beauty. Proof of Beauty is an experimental digital experience studio. The blockchain is their canvas and the tokens are their brush. You can learn more about Proof of Beauty by checking out pob.studio. You can follow them on Twitter as well at P-R-R-F Beauty. That's P. RRF Beauty on Twitter and POB.studio on their homepage to learn more about their projects like Hash, London, and Publico. Thank you and enjoy the show. Okay, we're live. This is Matthew, and I'm back with Rizzle for another special interview on the Scent Podcast. Today, we're really excited to be speaking with two folks who are building out the Sandbox, the user-generated virtual reality game platform built for the metaverse. Uh, we're joined by Sebastian, who is co-founder and COO of the Sandbox, as well as Nathan, who is head of marketing and growth. Welcome to the show, boys. Hello. Well, if both of you want to introduce yourselves just to let everyone at home know who you are, uh, and then if one of you wants to give us a little history about where the Sandbox has come from, Yep, definitely. Um, so my name is Sebastian Borger. I'm the CEO and co-founder of The Sandbox. Uh, this is my fourth company founded with my partner, Archer Madrid. We started in 2007 together. First company was uh, developing a plugin for browsers using one of the very first applications of decentralization, which was peer-to-peer -peer technology using BitTorrent. It's a company we sold two years after to a CDN network. Then we started an online media, uh, photo, video, and music, uh, upload and stream in the cloud to share with your friends, sold this as well. And in 2011, we started our third company, which is Pixel Mobile Game Studio, which was focused on creating builder games with IPs and brands involving uh, like Snoopy, Garfield, Goosebumps, Adam's Family, and also having our own user-generated content to the single-player mobile game, which is the original sandbox that we started in 2012. It all was acquired in 2018 by Animoca Brands, also a game company based in Hong Kong, and one of the pioneers in the space of uh, blockchain games and NFTs. And we launched um, more recently as our fourth company, TSB Gaming, which is solely focused on the development of this new sandbox virtual world, which is 3D, uh, based on voxel, uh, multiplayer, multi-platform, and uh, using blockchain technology to empower creators 
and uh, gamers to uh, monetize their creations, voxel assets and voxel games through NFTs and our cryptocurrency set. That's awesome. And then Nathan, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us what you're doing at the Sandbox? Sure. Thanks for having us. Uh, so I'm leading the marketing and growth at the Sandbox, uh, and I have more of a uh, financial slash uh, blockchain background. Uh, uh, I joined uh, before that consensus uh, around three years ago through the, the lenses of fintech uh, where I was leading marketing efforts at uh, a startup a spoke uh, called Varable doing so derivatives on Ethereum. Um, uh, so we were doing DeFi basically before it was cool, uh, even known. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, so after two, two years working on this, uh, uh, with of course my side passion being, you know, video games, I've been a, a video game player for, uh, since I, I'm a little child, uh, I joined the sandbox around a year ago where, uh, as I mentioned, I, I'm leading all the marketing and growth efforts as well as, you know, working on some token economics, uh, uh, helping out on the, uh, setting up these, um, you know, the, the land pre-sales, uh, the land design and design of basically, uh, economics around uh, the tokens for the sandbox. Cool. And in a, a little bit, I have some questions on, on the token economics of the sandbox. Cause I think there's like five different tokens and I think they all play a pretty integral part, but before we dive deeper into the game, I think having a, a higher level overview of the platform that you guys are, are building would be really important. So as I understand it, there's three core layers, if you will, uh, to the sandbox. There's that first layer of the Vox edit, then there's the marketplace, and then there's uh, the game maker. Uh, there's quite a lot of components, and I'm just wondering if, if one of you would like to kind of break down each of those layers of the sandbox and explain their, their role in the overall product. Yeah, you're right. So essentially, the sandbox platform is like a virtual world and that runs on three main components to empower creators and really give them the ownership of their creation and this uh, possibility to monetize their skills and time. On the first component, it's called VoxEdit. It's a standalone desktop software that allows you to make 3D model in Voxel and it's quite unique. It's the only one, only free software on the market that also allows to animate them. So think of it uh, like a 3D creation tool that you can make creation and export them and use them across the board in many other software. It could be Unity, it could be even in Minecraft. But you can also publish this content on our marketplace which is an online website available at www.sandbox.game. And that's where the magic happens. And those 3D models become game items with uh, attributes uh, and rarity, scarcity applied to them. And they are tokenized as non-fungible tokens on the blockchain, enabling the users to own them, trade them, and monetize them. This is the second component. And the third component, last component is the game maker and player, which is going to be multi-platform. 
at the moment it's a desktop software only in the alpha stage so we haven't yet launched it and it allows you to create uh, games and game experience in your lens which is a digital space and uh, using the content from the marketplace or made with Voxedit. So what we provide is a user-generated content uh, tool chain where you can create the content, sell it, monetize it, and play with it, essentially. Dude, that's fascinating, um, the, the whole economics and everything. I'm just curious. So it seems like at this point, you guys, your, your target audience are builders and creators and people who are, uh, they've already scooped up a ton of your land and are, you know, chomping at the bit to do interesting projects on that land. Um, I, I am not a, bu- a builder or a creator and am even scared to like dive down that rabbit hole. But I, I do lurk in a lot of these like digital worlds and everything. So uh, curious to know like what your guys vision is for people like myself. Like, uh, you know, I, I play video games. I grew up with video games. What, what type of like cool stuff do you envision people making for the casual user? Who's not necessarily, uh, you know, creatively inclined to build something. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, and down the line, the vision of Sandbox is to be a mainstream game. Even putting the blockchain and the crypto side aside, we want to provide a fun, competing, deeply immersive experience that will be similar to the kind of like a social MMORPG where anyone can come, can play, can chat, we interact with each other. And as such, we have identified four main categories of users. There's the players, there are the creators, the artists, and uh, the landowners. So definitely as a player, you will, we are working to provide the fun and the experience so that uh, you can enjoy participating in our platform without being necessarily yourself a creator. You will get an avatar. With this avatar, you can customize it um, with skins, with outfits, visually to make it really yours. And you can equip it with the equipment. And with this avatar, you can play uh, several games made by the creators. Uh, level him up, uh, giving, improve its equipment, participate into uh, quests and uh, have a sort of meta gameplay that really drives you to play uh, again and uh, participate to community-based goals, come back regularly and um, be involved in the life of the platform. And because we are so focused on the play-to-earn mechanism that's made possible through the use of blockchain technology. Even if you're not familiar with crypto, and as 99.99% of players, that's how you should be, uh, you'll be able to learn progressively and potentially um, earn through the skills and time you devote in the game. And that's the main value proposition for players. So yeah, so to sum it up, maybe we, so so two main categories here. Uh, so so for for players, I mean for people like that are not creators, uh, that will be uh, in the long run our main targets. By the way, uh, so two main categories again. Uh, I think the the first one is social experiences. Uh, so uh, as Sam mentioned, you know, you'll have uh, avatars, you'll have places to interact with other players, 
you have uh, also what what we call today dioramas, like uh, places like in your lands uh, where you can simply go visit and basically interact. And we already have basically partners that that are interested, by the way, in creating you know not necessarily games, but more like places where people and players can just come and hang out and. Uh, I think is very trendy uh, uh, right now, by the way, on, on all the VR platforms that we, that we can see. Um, and, and the second one will be, uh, you know, all the games created by other players. So uh, that, that's, uh, that will be accessible to, you know, all players. Uh, and and uh, those will be, I, we believe at, at first, you know, mini games that will be fun to play. And as also Sam mentioned, like uh, that will allow you, allow you to potentially earn uh, by playing. So, um, so several aspects I think uh, will be interesting for uh, casual players. I'm curious, how do you distinguish between a creator and an artist? Um, how would the two different categories of users interact or engage with the sandbox uh, differently? Yeah, so I mean, right now it's it's quite simple in the sense that we call artists people that create uh, voxel assets. Uh, so basically, those who you know download uh, our Voxelit uh, software that create uh, voxel assets, and we've been working with such artists for uh, for years now uh, since basically the creation. It has always it has always been uh, one of our main focus. Of like work closely with artists, and you can see already. Uh, on our you know marketplace that is live uh, that a lot of assets uh, are uploaded and created on the on the daily basis um, and on the other hand we have creators so creators are uh, it, it's a bit confusing but internally we call creator, creators uh, those will be you know the ones creating games uh, per se so uh, the ones we're you know having uh, uh, contacts with uh, at the moment to uh, help them um, create their project for their games uh, and to be ready to be ready for you know when the game maker will be released uh, to assist them in their creation and uh, also gather feedback from them to to better you know tailor our, our uh, upcoming game maker and stuff like that so yeah uh, this is the main distinction and then I guess the last uh, player category would be the landowners and maybe while we're kind of unpacking the landowners role in everything um, uh, as individuals, but then as collectives and like uh, making districts and, and things like that throughout the game, maybe we could tie in some of the tokenomics of how the different tokens will kind of play into uh, like landowners earning money, how that will kind of trickle down to the other types of users who are engaging in the game. If you want to start with unpacking the landowner's role uh, and then how they will be able to earn and, and go from there. Yeah. So talking about uh, token economics, uh, we've mentioned one already, one token already, uh, which is the land token. Uh, which is a non-fungible token, so a NRC721 issued on the Ethereum blockchain. Um, uh, we have a, a definite number of, of those lands, uh, so the to total amount of uh, 100,000, like 66,464 lands in total. And... Uh, uh, we'll we'll never have uh, you know more uh, lands than that than this amount uh, 
every land is unique and purchasable by the users and and those uh, users will be able to build on top of those lands so at first you will be also a proof of ownership in the sense that uh, people that have land will be able to access uh, the game and start building um, but so this is the first uh, token that we have and that we've issued on our platform um, the second one that is soon coming uh, is uh, the assets so those are another standard uh, still developed on the ethereum blockchain which is an ERC1155 which is basically a token that you know uh, have several copies uh, so basically when an artist creates an asset on our platform so let's say a dragon uh, so it's unique so there is an one one you know dragon like that but you 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 have like 10 copies so you can uh, place it you know 10 times in different games or stuff like that so these are the second types of tokens that you can place into uh, your lens those assets uh, are uh, user generated uh, so created by users using the first product that we've mentioned which is the vaccinate later imported into the marketplace and later you know usable and in, uh, into your land uh, so this is the second token and then the upcoming ones are uh, the send token which is going to be the ERC20 uh, token uh, which is going to allow you know players to uh, to pay within the marketplace so it, it, it is going to be a, at first a payment token but then also a governance token uh, allowing landowners players creators to uh, to vote but also uh, be rewarded so we can imagine uh, mechanisms where uh, landowners will make users pay for their for their creations uh, to access their games for instance or maybe artists that will also sell their creations for send so this is uh, this will be the, the main currency in the future of, of uh, the ecosystem. Um, and uh, we also have other tokens not yet released, such as the GEM token that will you know, enable the creators to um, manage the scarcity and rarity of their uh, assets. So a lot of uh, tokens uh, uh, like this one are not yet released uh, and upcoming. Holy crap, dude. This is like an insanely uh, deep and complex uh, economic system. I mean, it's cool, man. This is how you create like real like world experiences and depth uh, into the universe that you're making. Uh, curious to know, like, was this like what was your inspiration for creating, uh, you know, so many tokens for these different purposes? Uh, uh, you know, are there certain models that you guys have sort of, uh, you know, used to stylize this after? Yeah, but obviously we're in a space of user-generated content. So it's a platform where all the content is essentially made by the users and content is king. We are just providing the distribution and the user base to consume that content. So in UGC-based economies, we also have to support uh, all the participants in the ecosystem to keep creating new content, providing um, all fresh uh, re display and uh, addition. And we also have to incentivize uh, the, the players and the base to consume this content. 
So that's essentially how we've been driving uh, the economics and uh, mechanics of our platform. And uh, by the combination of uh, NFTs that cover um, the, both UGC and lands uh, and avatars and the use of a, a utility token that serve as medium of transaction, but also for governance, for curation, for staking mechanism, we are uh, building this system that we think is going to be the uh, prevailing in a sandbox adoption. And this is just the, the base layer, the tip of the iceberg. What I think is going to be amazing through this adoption also is like uh, we are creating a decentralized uh, world where progressively the users can also build their own rules. They can create uh, DAOs. Uh, they can manage the content and the economy of their games in ways that do not require us to be necessarily involved. So it's, it's the opposite of like what uh, the current UGC games provide, being very centralized in uh, how games are made, are built and played, and the players are or the creators are rewarded for their participation. Uh, so that's very exciting. And uh, we are uh, pioneers in the space. And uh, this is the, just the premise. Like, we haven't let yet fully launch. This will be happening later toward the end of this year. Uh, but we can see already some excitement around uh, the value proposition creating and all the game making and games that we showcasing on a regular basis through our social media, medium, etc. It's really cool. The one thing that has me, well, there's, <laughs> there's like a million things to, that have me excited about the sandbox. <laughs> there, there's literally too many things to talk about. But I mean, obviously the game experiences that will be able to be built out and that users will be able to engage in has me really excited because as I think Nathan was the one that mentioned the social experiences um, that are sort of like already like live or available uh, in not just like the sandbox, but the other blockchain based virtual worlds, uh, like having those social experiences that people can fashion up already, just as long as they have a certain number of people of users that are like simultaneously in the world with them, having the ability to go from like something that's more professional, let's say like a, a conference type experience to an after party where you're playing a video game in world. I just feel like that is going to be absolutely epic. And I can't wait for that. But we have these other projects, the like CryptoVoxels, Decentraland, Somnium Space, that are all doing their own thing in the space and, and the sandbox. I'm curious if you could give me an argument in a future where, for some reason, there's only one blockchain-based virtual world that survives. Why would the sandbox be the one left standing? Well, first, to put it clear, I don't think that we are in a space where like, we are taking all and there will be only one who survive. Um, one thing I didn't mention in the introduction is I'm also the president of the Blockchain Game Alliance, uh, which is a non-profit organization with over 90 members from the blockchain ecosystem. 
And new members who joined include Somnium Space, include Upland, and I've been having a several conversation with CryptoVoxel. They should be joining. They are working to implement some Voxel formats that are used by VoxEdit, for example. So on the contrary, I think that uh, the space is still too small to see it as like a competitive space and Personally, and I think everyone in the space is walking with um, the spirit that we should help each other rather than compete uh, very aggressively with each other. We have more to win all together by being on this uh, mindset. And I'm super excited when I see uh, Decentraland that has this uh, beta launch in February and uh, what our people making in crypto voxel and the fact that it's just a team of one uh, Ben or two people I think now uh, building this and seeing all the uh, finding their market through artists creating their galleries and uh, organizing events um, and live meetups etc inside of the world so that's I think uh, a very good example of possible uh, use case in the metaverse with Sandbox, we have one differentiator. We'll be able to do uh, live events, meetups, on uh, art galleries that allows you to import your uh, crypto art from NFTs, etc. I've already publicly communicated about those features in a roadmap. But we have one essential focus, which is the gaming aspect. That's that's our background that we built sandbox for eight years on mobile and uh, always thinking how do we uh, implement game mechanics and allow players to well have victory condition lose condition and all those traditional platforming shooting uh, uh, rpg kind of uh, gameplays and one of the key examples of these strategies, uh, the partners we have in Sandbox, for example, as part of our uh, third round of land pre-sale, we announced uh, Atari is a gaming giant company as part of our partner. And Atari is going to build this virtual theme park inside the Sandbox platform, um, which I'm very excited about. They're also going to bring... Uh, I said IPs like Pong, uh, Super Breakout, Roller Coaster Tycoon, which are games that we've been growing with and, and showed that like you will be able to play in our metaverse. Right from the look at our 2D map and seeing those logos, you already get it. And um, yeah, we, we also have uh, among our investors, Square Enix, which is also uh, one of the pillars of the video gaming story with their key license, uh, Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest Builder. So um, we can imagine that uh, in the future, they'll also be interested in creating games uh, on our platform. And there's more big game companies that are coming to Sandbox, which are Cannot yet name, but um, well, you can guess. Dude, that's 
That's really exciting, especially when you got some of like the big gaming companies, uh, you know, pushing their uh, chips into this too. Again, sort of curious from like the average user standpoint, I feel like there's a wide range in all of these, um, you know, different components of the metaverse from like, you know, crypto voxels that you could just pop in with a link on your browser. You've got Somnium space that you got to download, you know, a fairly bulky client and it's really best viewed in like, you know, with a headset, even though I believe that you can also view it on a browser. Um, but uh, my understanding is also, you know, it, it puts some strain on your hardware depending on what you're trying to access it uh, from mobile or, or laptop, desktop, etc. So, from a strict like user standpoint, like what what's the ease of access uh, to like let's say you know Matthew sets up his arcade or something in uh, Sandbox? Uh, do I have to download something? Can I just click a link and hop in and and hop out from there into uh, you know one of these other platforms or what what is like the ease of access that you guys are going for? Well, the, the, we're adopting the same model as most games. So we are launching first on PC and Mac. So you can create games and you can play games from your desktop computer. And we also will be launching afterwards on the mobile platform. So you can play the games uh, straight from your iPhone, Android device or tablet. I think the uh, key question here is not necessarily uh, the exact medium on which it runs to, but what's a requirement from a player's perspective to enter the game experience. And um, one thing to consider beside the fact you have to download a client or it's brother-based, essentially is like, do you need... uh, a crypto wallet to enter the experience or is it as simple as just create an email and an account and you're in uh, just like those traditional MMORPG or like World of Warcraft or even uh, Fortnite. And, and I think we have millions, hundreds of millions of gamers that have used to play this kind of game, go through uh, uh, just having a, an account with an email and password to and uh, accessing the game through either a desktop launcher or their mobile. And um, that's the experience the Sandbox will be providing as well. Okay, so, so you're trying to do what a lot of these uh, projects are doing in terms of like getting, it, it's crypto-based, but removing all the difficult crypto stuff from it and just be able to have users access this, you know, game in a way that they're familiar, you know, accessing games that have similar economics, except this is just blockchain-based, and uh, but, but it won't be very, very obvious to someone who just wants to hop on and play. Am I understanding that correctly? Exactly. Exactly. Like the first, the, to the gamer eye, Sandbox is a game and blockchain is a technology. So they should benefit through what blockchain enables, essentially the true ownership of your content and the monetization. But it shouldn't be the first key requirement to enter uh, the game or uh, a, a blocker. So the moment where you'll be able to, where you, or where you will need to execute specific transaction on the blockchain as a player will be pushed as far as possible in the user experience, allowing you to test the game and enjoy it first without even having to think on the specifics of how it's running behind and, uh, and what it means.
So I'm actually pretty curious about the actual like gaming elements. Of course, like there's going to be multiple games that are designed um, by the the game developers that like you partnered with, for example, Atari. I know like Whale Shark is getting money a lot to design uh, amazing things on his massive land holdings uh, within the sandbox, but. When an actual, when, when everything is, is ready, or at least V1, uh, and I guess that is slated for the end of the year. Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong there. But when a player goes into the sandbox and either of these islands, um, are they allowed to go into every property? Um, and then with the properties that have actual games on them, uh, like I'm wondering if you could provide an example of when a user, like they could have a, a a free to play experience, but then when would the moment be when they would need to kind of pay for something or carry out a transaction? Like how people would be able to play within the sandbox. There's many interesting questions here, but let me ask you first, like, are you a gamer? I do play games. I'm not as deep or avid as a gamer as other people, but having gone to university in Korea, I'm very comfortable going to a Pishibang and spending hours and hours and hours playing a PC-based game. All right. So, well, and uh, what, what kind of game would you like to see in Sandbox, so, to take it as an example? I mean, the game that I always go back to, I'm not sure if it's going to be appropriate for something like the Sandbox, is Battlefield. That is something that multiple friends and I wasted countless hours on strategizing, playing, and engaging in. But, I mean, that's an extreme example. Uh, I, I'm open to hearing other counterexamples. But it's a great example, I think, like uh, first-person shooter games that you play. So depending on the version of Battlefield, started at 32, then went up to 64 and more uh, concurrent users inside the land. So all, we'll be able to build FPS and also RPG and all sort of uh, traditional PC games in our platform and we want those games to be multiplayer from day one. So the user experience as a player uh, entering uh, uh, the sandbox metaverse will be the following. We are going to launch around August uh, of this year a beta of our game maker first that enables creators to build those games that they dream of and they want to uh, players to come and play on our, on our platform. Then later toward the year, after a couple of months, that we have enough high-quality content created game for players to enjoy, we'll be opening the doors to uh, players to experiment, experiment these games. As a player, I'll be able to see the games that are open and available uh, both from our uh, map on the dashboard website at www.sandbox.game and from the game client. And from there, you'll be able to search for games. You'll be able to see the logos, the description, screenshot, some sort of like App Store or Steam Store or Epic Store uh, approach of browsing game, but with the, the visualization of a map. It's where the location is going to be important as well. And 
by entering a game, you'll be able to join uh, one of the multiplayer sessions happening in this game. Uh, so it, I think it's going to be quite similar in terms of experience to what you used to play uh, with Battlefield, for example. Which is a great example, and that's how it should be. So in terms of like the the parcels and how it all like fits together is is are the individual parcels sort of like their own islands in the sense that like you know if I go to play battlefield I'm there or do I is there like a point where if I walk far enough off the battlefield I'm going to get hit with like a tetris block or a flappy bird and like or you know somebody else's uh parcel or something like that or or how does that work in the in the big world yeah so every game runs into its uh, own land. So we are not one single persistent giant wall that you can cross from A to B um, and then experience all the different kind of games running simultaneously. Every game is hosting uh, several instances of multiplayer games. Each server, let's say, uh, uh, hosting a uh, 32 or 64 players simultaneously and then spawning a new instance uh, when that first one is full and so on. And as a player, you will have, uh, you are limited to inside that game. So you're not going to see what's happening outside while you're playing into one of those instances simultaneously. That's, that's, uh, more, more a limitation at the moment that exists into the capacity to run multiplayer games instance-based while rendering also what's happening potentially quite far away from the user sites and into other multiplayer instances from neighbor games. But it's not impossible that in the future, uh, as the uh, computing power keeps growing, that we can enable that. The key focus is also let's make it sure that it's fast, it's fun to play already within one single game. And um, just like in Battlefield, when you are in that server map, you're not seeing what's happening into all the server maps uh, right away just because you look at uh, uh, the limit of the map. It sounds like it would be chaos otherwise. So, uh, yeah, I was just curious how you navigate that. So do you do you consider yourselves like sort of like you're creating your own universe or do you see this as part of the larger metaverse in terms of like interoperability and, and stuff like that? We definitely think that we are um, participating into a larger metaverse and uh, all the content that is being created with VoxEdit and tokenized on a marketplace as ERC-1155 can actually be used by other game developers uh, into their own game. So they are not restricted already, only specifically for uh, the sandbox game maker. And this added utility of all those non-fungible tokens uh, is is one step towards uh, the interoperability. Today, we announced a partnership with a company called Crypto Kaiju as well, which uh, maybe you, you heard about them. They are doing collectible vinyl toys, so physical objects that include um, an NFT as well. 
Um, and uh, they released a special edition of a Shiba dog called the Dog Jira. And this Dog Jira has a phys- exists as a physical toy with its NFT, but also exists as a 3D voxel model that will be used inside Sandbox Metaverse. So every buyer of that dog, which I think they already sold out today, will also be entitled to receive an NFT that he can use into the sandbox game maker and play with, which I think is quite exciting. Another great example is uh, with uh, another partner called um, B2 Expand with a game Light Trail Rush, which is like a futuristic race uh, game where they take their spaceships, they voxelize them, and uh, they will they have. Uh, game capacity inside our sandbox virtual world as well. If I can add uh, something to that as well, uh, again, I've mentioned that, but uh, we do think that interoperability is absolutely key in our case. Uh, uh, and we, I do think as well that it is one of the biggest strengths of you know, those blockchain games being uh, interoperable between each other. Um, but we also think that uh, we should uh, make it interoperable with you know existing games. So we're uh, we have built already tutorials on you know how people should uh, import and can already import their assets built into Minecraft using Voxedit. Uh, so those kind of uh, things uh, are going, uh, of course, to help us attract people from Minecraft into uh, our games, but also. I- uh, allow to um, import assets into our games and uh, and make make it also you know more uh, uh, interoperable, uh, if I can say, not only to blockchain to other blockchain games. So of course we are building um, you know a, a new uh, metaverse per se, but uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, do everything that we can to uh, allow for. Uh, interoperability with other games uh, and not only from from blockchain games but um, any UGC should be able to you know any UGC platform should be able to uh, bring some value to uh, what we create Um, and in the end we are building a game but also uh, we are allowing uh, and by providing the tools necessary you know to anyone to create stuff we are allowing basically the mass to potentially create within our metaverse. And uh, those creations should not be limited uh, only to our, you know, uh, our universe, our metaverse. Uh, it just like the scope and intention of everything that you guys are building. It just, it's, it's mind blowing in how immense and, and massive it, it is and sounds. Uh, it, there's just so many moving pieces. I'm curious from an organizational standpoint, like how, how big is the team that you're, you have working on this together with you? I know there's a lot of partners on the outside who are developing many, many experiences and, and assets and elements of the game uh, using the tools that you've built. Um, but organizationally, how many people are on the core sandbox team and like in terms of distribution, I know like blockchain makes you global uh, like immediately, but 
based on the the three previous land sales, I'm curious if there's any like uh, geographical areas that have kind of like jumped up to the front of the line uh, as displaying uh, more interest than other areas. I know last week when we tried to have our conversation, we mentioned Johan uh, over here in Korea, who was was managing what seemed like a, a pretty massive uh, interested community. So I'm curious about it from the organizational standpoint and then uh, around the world, uh, which pockets of the world are, are most interested in the sandbox at this point. At the moment, we are 40 people with the uh, largest part of the team, 26 people based in Buenos Aires, Argentina, 11 people in France, two in Korea, and one in Japan. So as you, it's a sizable team, but considering indeed uh, like the ambition and the vision of the project and the fact that we have three main products, plus all the blockchain and crypto components, I still think it's relatively small per product. Yet we are already able to achieve amazing team thanks to our team. So um, that's all what's really been contributing to, uh, I, I guess, part of all the excitement around the project. And this excitement, uh, as you were mentioning, uh, is happening in different regions of the world. And indeed, uh, Asia is... Uh, probably our primary market with uh, Hong Kong, Korea, and Japan. To give you an example, we have a very active and engaged community uh, in Korea that's led indeed by uh, Yuan, our community uh, manager uh, based there. And I've been traveling there like uh, four times last year and two times this year in six months. So I've been there almost every month, running events, having major partnerships with um, key actors. So one of them being the SBS Game Academy, which is a video game school that will be using the sandbox to teach game making to uh, their students uh, in a similar way of uh, they have uh, classes where they teach uh, unity and other uh, engine. Now sandbox is recognized as a legitimate game maker uh, by their students and in their curriculum. More recently, we announced a partnership with sandbox network, which is one of the largest Korean uh, MCN. So YouTube content creator network where they work with hundreds of uh, YouTubers that are uh, playing, creating, and streaming through video game, Minecraft, and uh, we'll also start building content and experience in Sandbox and uh, stream about them in Korea. Also partner with uh, Game Talk Talk, which is the largest mobile uh, game community uh, with... Uh, uh, based in Korea. So, yeah, I'm really excited about Korea. Like, it, this uh, country has uh, all the key ingredients that are likely to make Sandbox start and succeed first. It's a country, as you mentioned, has a strong gaming culture, but as well also uh, have many users already familiar with uh, crypto in general. And uh, thanks to us, more and more familiar with uh, non-fungible tokens and this new class of digital asset as well. Um, then the, in the rest of the Europe, world, uh, Europe and US uh, came as well in the top 10 countries uh, based on our previous land pre-sale, showing that 
uh, all around the globe, we have people uh, that are already looking at and excited in uh, owning part of our metaverse um, and by what we are building. You guys obviously know exactly what you're doing. I mean, <laughs> it's, uh, it seems like, uh, yeah, you got all the right people involved and have been super proactive in, in getting this stuff out there even before your like official, official launch. Um, I, I'm just blown away, man. I'm, I'm more fascinated after this conversation than I was before. And, and I had been very interested in what you guys were doing. Um, curious to know, like what, uh, we always ask what else you got, what else people are collecting and what's in your wallets and, and are there other projects that, or games or anything that's like totally unrelated that you're stashing tokens of in your Ethereum wallets or, or what else is, is got you curious, uh, that's going on in the NFT crypto space. There's a lot going on. I'm uh, very excited every time there's a new game that's about to launch on market or announcing a beta. I'm keen on going on and testing it. So, um, for example, today there's this new version of Crypto Wars, second version, which is like a PvP um, play-to-earn game where you play 20-minute long sessions uh, fighting against other players in sort of like uh, build your base, upgrade your buildings, produce more units, and send them to fight and loot resource. Um, so it's, it's quite an interesting game. And uh, there's also titles like um, Skyweaver by Horizon Games that are currently in beta. It's a trading card games, uh, so similar to Hearthstone or Golden Chain and other uh, quite popular TCG games that use non-fungible tokens. Uh, Axie Infinity is a... Um, a Sort of Pokemon like where you grow, breed, and uh, use those cute creatures to battle them. And now they have this new uh, beta version on mobile where you can uh, play against other players, earn uh, and trade the resource you earn, which I think is also leading the way in terms of like play to earn and uh, blockchain gaming. And I'm quite excited about. Um, yeah, that's many to mention. Yeah, I just signed up for Crypto Wars this morning as well. Excited to get into that after I wrap up the calls today. See you there. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then, well, to kind of wrap this up and let folks know like what the next steps are, I think letting everyone know what are the next steps leading up until the release that's maybe slated towards the end of the year. And then after you lay out those steps, kind of giving everyone your grand vision, maybe like five or 10 years into the future where you see the, the entire metaverse kind of expanding to, I think that'd be a great way to wrap up. Yeah. I'll let uh, Sebastian do the vision uh, for the next steps for us. So we, uh, we'll start uh, distributing the game, uh, the game maker, uh, to our uh, land owners, uh, and to find some creators among those land owners that are willing to uh, to try out the product and start building with us. Uh, we've also, uh, for months, has, you know, been in contact with uh, game creators that we're uh, continue to you know uh, work with them and make them try the product. So we are going to release, as mentioned, this pre-alpha. Uh, version of our game maker uh, 
to be uh, released around the summer in an alpha stage to increase the creation uh, on our platform and um, uh, well conduct as well. Uh, so that's for the game maker side. Uh, for uh, we'll also conduct like a, another uh, sale of land. So we'll do um, a fourth round um, uh, of land sale. Uh, so and eventually by the end of the, of the year, open the uh, the full metaverse, uh, uh, the full metaverse to 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 sell as well. Uh, at least some some parts of it uh, to be followed. Uh, and by the end of the year, uh, hopefully have you know the first uh, public tribal version of maybe some games uh, or at the very least uh, the game maker as mentioned. So to be followed closely. Uh, maybe Sebastian can add some parts on that as well. Yeah, there's a lot of work ahead of us to continue launching our product and uh, announcing major partnership as we'll get closer to the launch. I think the, the big vision we have is to offer this truly decentralized economy where games and content are built and controlled by our community of users. Um, and uh, well, uh, how do we reach over 1 million monthly active users within Sandbox within the next two to three years? That's the first step goal, I would say, toward that vision. And within the decades, hopefully, uh, have Sandbox on par with Minecraft and Roblox and beyond the 100 million of active users. That will be uh, amazing, of course. And when we reach that moment, we'll be laughing at like how uh, people were uh, maybe a bit hesitant or saying like blockchain didn't bring enough value for uh, justifying games uh, to be made and the business, new business model uh, to be thought like play to earn as a replacement or a, a complementary to free to play. So yeah, we, we are, um, that, that's what we are working on. Boom. I love that vision. I love that. I can't wait for that moment to come. And I'm also a firm believer that it's on its way. Well, before we wrap up, just if there's any websites that our listeners need to pay attention to, uh, that you need to shout out any social channels that they need to be following to stay up to date on the latest announcements, I think that'll be the, the last uh, question. Yeah. So you can visit, of course, our website, which is sandbox.game. Um, and you will find there as well, all you know, links to our social media. Uh, we have a very active Discord community with more than uh, 10,000 uh, followers over there, uh, around 11,000 even, I think, uh, currently. And all the news go out there first. Uh, and, of course, we uh, have an active uh, Twitter channel. So I'd say uh, visit our website, uh, join the community on, on Discord, and uh, also follow the Twitter for uh, the latest announcements. And... Uh, you will have uh, more content, more explanations about the tokens and things we've talked about uh, in our medium, so our blog, um, so which you, you'll find at Sandbox, uh, Sandbox Game as well. Awesome. And we'll make sure to link to all of those channels in the show notes. Well, Sebastian and Nathan, it was an absolute pleasure to dive deep into the Sandbox and the, the grand vision that you guys are helping to make a reality. Um, thank you so much for your time. And, and I'm really excited to see where you guys are, are taking this. Thank you so much, guys. Great to be here.
Thank you so much for having us, allowing us to speak our vision and all the excitement around what we are building. And uh, yeah, I'll be happy to follow up in a couple of months as we are about to launch to see where we are, give you some updates, etc. That'd be awesome. Thanks again, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Just want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsor, Proof of Beauty. Proof of Beauty is an experimental digital experience studio. The blockchain is their canvas, and the tokens are their brush. You can learn more about Proof of Beauty by checking out pob.studio. You can follow them on Twitter as well at P-R-R-F Beauty. That's P-R-R-F Beauty on Twitter and P-O-B.studio on their homepage to learn more about their projects like Hash, London, and Publico. Thank you, and see you in the next episode.